Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back for a second podcast of the week once again. No rugby, double podcasts. We look after you. That's why you need to hit subscribe and tell your mates. Uh, and also follow us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. You can find Jonathan Beardmore at Beardmore on Twitter. Hello, JB. Hello, Tim. Phil is lurking in his TMO shipping container right now. Hey, Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, I'm Tim. I'm at Cocker uh, on Twitter as well. In the cesspit. Uh, this particular podcast, what a game we looked at today. The 2007 match between Wales and Fiji in Pool C of the 2007 Rugby World Cup. This was an epic match. If you haven't watched it yet, you can hit pause. You can go to World Rugby's YouTube channel, watch the game, then come back and hit play because that's what we're going to talk about. How good was this match? Do you know... Uh, this is one of the worst matches <laughs> I, I can remember. And the reason it's so bad is because at the time it was played, I was an avid, avid, dedicated Welsh Rugby Union fan. And I've never, ever felt the need to go back and watch this. But watching it again, yeah, it, it, it really was very, very good. <laughs> it was a hell of a spectacle. It was an unbelievable... There was some sensational moments there were some awful moments there were some ludicrous moments i mean in the first two minutes it's a stupid game is it it's, it's a ridiculous game. The, Such first, a stupid game the first two minutes like you had so many ridiculous things happening in such a such a short space of time in the first two minutes there was the stephen jones break there was a falcon in midfield by fiji they um, nicky little passed into Seremai Bai's head <laughs> um, and he bounced off his head to turn over the ball then, then it culminated by getting into the corner um, in Fiji's 22, which a line-out caused a fight. And after that two minutes, you're like, this game is going to be good. It's on. <laughs> well, you always still, you do still think, don't you? Um, so I tried to watch it as if I've not seen it before. But you still do think, yeah, this is a powerhouse of an international team versus Fiji. Um, now, you put the Lions, the number of Lions on the Welsh. Yes. So we, yeah, I was, I was going to ask, I can't remember how good Wales were in 2007. Right. We need to go back a stage here. We need, to, yeah. we, we need to talk about this actual team itself. Yeah. So, pre, previous to this World Cup, 
the Welsh team were managed by Steve Hansen and they were sort of trending in the right direction. They weren't quite there, but they were trending in the, in the right direction. That's when you first see people like Stephen Jones and you know whoever. Literally, was it the year after the year after that, they get their first Grand Slam. Ruddock comes in, boom, Grand Slam. Yeah, that's 2005 yeah. Grand Slam. So these players are treated as if they are gods among men. Wales have never, ever experienced, certainly in my generation, anything like these players. They are fantastic. This is Gavin Henson, this is Ryan Jones, all, all of that goodness. The problem was, all these players had enormous egos, which is why, effectively, Mike Ruddock got forced out. We might, we might Ruddock was, uh, I'm not sure, I'm sure people remember him differently, but as far as I'm, uh, I remember him, very good coach, but very, very contentious. Like some of the players would say that they won it, Mike Ruddock would say that he was you know, the main ingredient. Uh, and then that leads on to, to the Clenethley coach taking on the taking on the Wales job, and I just don't. I think he was completely underprepared for it. So whereas you've got some good players, I think they were massively overrated at that time because they only only ever achieved one thing, and it took someone like Gatland to bring bring them together. And you can see this in this game because they are you know, all the ingredients are there. It's basically like having a kitchen full of great ingredients with the laziest chefs on, uh, chefs on, um, on earth that, that, that's how it goes and you can see that in um, in this wales team i mean the team so that that is useful background and, and to add to that so ruddock won the grand slam in 2005 he then uh, he, i think he quit or he got pushed out in 2006 <laughs> after finishing second last and i'm pretty sure that was player power and in, in, it might have been, but then, so Gareth Jenkins comes in from being um, Lanethley coach. And um, in 2007, he was on for the wooden spoon. This, this team was on for the wooden spoon, but they managed to win the final game to, to spoil England's party. And so they didn't get the wooden spoon. They even, he'd lost four from four until he beat England, including losing 23-20 to Italy. So, Despite all the, the players, there's clearly something not right. Yeah, so that was the We Have Time game. Remember that? Uh, in, the England Italy. game. No, the Italy game. Oh, the Italy game. So, um, oh, where they kicked a touch. Yeah, do we have time? Yeah. We have time. And they kicked a touch. Yes, we have time. Blow it up. Like, idiots. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that is exactly what happened. Um, and the, the other thing is, well, I seem to remember there have been a lot of injuries. So they always had the excuse, that, oh, when we get fully fit, we'll be quite good. But, I mean, you look at this team sheet and it is Lion, 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 Lion. Uh, I know. Gareth Thomas, Tom Shanklin, James Hooks. They were, they were all Lions James in the Blanky. recent tour, Lions. They weren't Lions subsequent to this. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to judge it in its, in its... I'm trying to judge it sort of in its context. Probably a bit of both. There was yeah. probably Lions was quite a few in 2005, but probably more... Yes. So Henson Shankland, but you got to remember that was a weird Lions tour. That was with 120,000 players and Clive <laughs> yeah. um, Woodward and Alistair Campbell. Yeah, but there's still quite a few of these Lions who in 2009, yeah, uh, and even the the uh, 2013 would have been Lions. You're right. Some something wasn't right. One thing that that I noticed is well, obviously Alan Wynne Jones was playing with long hair. Yeah, yeah, and a scrum cap. And a scrum cap, long hair and a scrum cap, which I'd forgotten about. But it just makes you realise how phenomenal that man's career has been because he was playing back then. And I, I looked into this, and of Tier 1 nations, there's only... 
there's only one, I think, playing international rugby still, and there's only a handful playing rugby at all. Well, Tim, don't don't um, say who you've got on your piece of paper because I have prepared a little 2007 World Cup quiz. Oh, really? Well, I've actually got a question which I don't know if you've which you've which you're going to have, and I might actually unleash that now. Okay, you go for it. How many how many players in this game for Wales captained the Welsh side? Ooh, I don't have that question. <laughs> Gareth Thomas obviously was captain. Colin Charvis had captained. Alan yep. Jones has since captained. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd imagine Gethin Jenkins might have captained at some point. And Matthew yep. Reese, the hooker, yep. that's five. Yep. Um, uh, Martin Williams probably has six. Yep. yep. I wonder if Stephen Jones has done. Yeah, I'd say Stephen Jones would have. Seven. Yeah. Michael oh, Owen. So, Michael what? Owen, yeah. Eight. So at least more than half the team. Well, he, he was a replacement, but... Um, one wow. more. Shane, Shane Williams hasn't was would never have skippered. Don't think no. he has. No. No. Not nor Mike Phillips. No. Nope. Presumably. One more. Um, one more. One more. Unless unless you've said it and I've not noticed. Hook. Nope. Dwayne Peel. Oh yeah. Ah, God. Nine Wales captains in this yeah. side. That gives you some context about the yeah. how the, poorly that, Wales did in this World Cup. That's one of the things that um, the is always referenced back to England in 2003. And yeah. you could apply the same thing to the South Africa 2007 team, is just how many captains were in that squad and how much leadership you had right across the rank. Like the, the England 2003 team, it's probably a similar number either had captained or did captain in subsequent years. So that that really does highlight the the... Uh, the devastatingly poor performance with incredible ingredients the 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 terrible chefing with incredible ingredients yeah that they got from this team yeah now i didn't realize this at the time but alex popham could only ha- could only be described to have had a game similar to um benders when yes. he came against the tuolangi boys <laughs> yeah i knew you were gonna say that so something, <laughs> something happened something must have happened before this game alex popham was not a popular man <laughs> he, he got two or three like bone crunching late hits off the ball. <laughs> it's yeah. like he's some sort of like fly half or fullback or something. Yeah, Welsh number eight. He's getting absolutely manhandled. That's <laughs> the thing with with the uh, Pacific Island nations. It's not just that they're massive. This psychologically, they are so hard. They just want to end you. Yes, <laughs> and they wanted to end him. Yeah, <laughs> and that combination of wanting to end Alex Popham and being massive and explosively powerful—it was not a good day for Alex Popham. No, well, I mean it wasn't a good day when he when he looks back and realizes what his hair looked like. Speaking of, <laughs> you know speaking of long blonde hair, you know what Alex Popham does now? No, well, I say does. It's not his job. Brews but... beer. He's a, he's got a microbrewery. I don't know. I'm guessing. Oh right, I was going to say he he's lost a lot of weight, an awful lot of weight. And he loves cycling. Oh, really? Loves it. And he's got short hair. He's unrecognisable. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, he's basically living his best life on a bike. <laughs> Good lad. The other yeah. player I, I want to mention in, in this is James Hook. I mean, even till maybe he retired earlier on this, earlier on this year. We, I mean, this was, 
I'd say this is maybe peak Hook mania. So for the Lions tour, people were talking about Hook as being the next Dan Carter. And now he's playing 12 for Wales. Um, did anyone else believe the hype at the time for, for James Hook? And looking back at it, is it, is it just completely misguided? So I couldn't say in the context of the time, because having only watched this one game, but based on this game, it was misguided. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this game, it was certainly misguided. <laughs> we were reading match reports with James Hawkins since he was 16. Like he yeah. was the future. It was the same with Henson. Yeah, so Hawk actually overtook Henson at Ospreys, I seem to, seem to think. So he took over like his 12 shirt. And of course, both of them got um, moved out of the 10 shirt by Dan Bigger, who turned out to be the real once in a generation talent. Yeah, the real deal. Mm. But there's something about Hawk. I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe the way he potentially could have played the game, same as Gavin Henson, the way he potentially... I think what, I think what we fell in love with, with both Hawk and Henson, was what they could have been rather than what they yeah. were. Yeah, it's like uh, the football example of this. They are the equivalent of Joe Cole. Yes, yes, that's a great, that's a, that a perfect, perfect. Mercurial talent, and from a very young age, you're hearing all these incredible reports about how amazing they're going to be. And yeah. they have flashes of it that, that keep you hanging on, keep you thinking, yes, this can happen, but doesn't happen on any kind of consistent level. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I completely, completely and utterly agree. And another thing I, I want to mention as well is, I mean, is there a worse nickname than the Planetly Flyer? <laughs> sounds like a bloody postal service. It sounds like a rail-based postal service. What sounds like a Planetly Flyer in? A steam engine. <laughs> yeah. If it's a steam engine, it'd be cool. And also, it's not very original. I'm sure that's been done before. <laughs> well, uh, we haven't even mentioned Fiji yet, so let's just say three cheers for Sorelli Bombo. Oh, thank goodness. When Sorelli Bobo... Bombo, Bobo, Bobo, Bombo, as Brendan Venter would say. When he came on, it it lit up. It was an incredible moment in an already incredible game. Yeah. Um, Now, I've got to admit, most of my notes are Welsh-based because obviously I I watch this as as a Welshman. Well, can I mention one other Fijian before you say anything? Um, He had an absolutely incredible game. The right right winger, De La Salle, which I really like because De La Salle sounds such a cultured kind of name and it's also a really rough part of Salford yes and it is in, in Salford I'm not going to say anything bad about De La Salle because I might have to play them next season <laughs> great bunch of boys yeah they're a good bunch of lads they, they do like to get stuck in that club stuck they in like, is one before it stuck in like to mix it up a little bit yep yes they do yeah but, um, but De La Salle and the, the two centres yeah. um the two starting centres. Uh, the two Leicester centres. Oh, R- R- Rambeni, RIP. Yes. What a player. Yeah. What a he, game he had. He had a huge game. He was everywhere at times. Now, hits in, offloads in, breaking the line. He was superb. I'm pretty sure we should have been mid Rapini Falfal phase here. Where is he? Um, so I'm, I'm actually on. Uh, Rabini's, uh, Rabini's, um, sorry, Rabini's uh, Wikipedia page at the moment, and it says that Rabini Thalfo is his cousin. So let me let me look where he was playing at this point in time. Wow. Uh, ooh, ooh, 
This was his Agen fee. This was uh, Agen, <laughs> second division France. <laughs> this was right, right in the middle of his Agen fees. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he was playing until like, I'm going to, I want to say, until about 2014. I think his last club might have even been Toulouse. His last club was Toulouse. Get in. The short term loan. Um, yeah. He might, not, he might not have played, but he was there. Until 2011, he did. He did play because I remember him scoring a try. He, so he must have been weighing about 19 stone when he scored the try. We've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah, there was a really good. We did reference it at the time. There was a really good. Um, it was um, one of Dan Leo's um, Pacific Rugby Welfare, I think. Um, but it was he did a little video where he tracked down Repenny Falfal last year or two years ago. And did an interview with him um, as to what he's up to now. What, what was he up to then? Sorry. And what is he up to? Um, he's living in Fiji. Um, he'd helped build um, houses for him and his family, um, and he was doing little bits of work here and there. Um, he'd got a couple of kids, and he said he's one of his sons was uh, more talented than than he was, which is uh, interesting. What's his name? But, I don't know. He's about twelve, um, but he did talk about the the difficulty in basically being signed to first um, New Zealand and then to France, not knowing the language, not knowing the culture, no one to look after him, no one to help him out, and the the, the kind of hardship um, that he faced when he went over there it was a really, really illuminating and interesting documentary by Dan Leo. Did you ever think when you watch um what's his name Nevea? Who? Uh, the other winger, the eleven. Oh, okay, yeah. How do you say his name? Nevea. Uh, Nevua. Nevua. Yeah. He he had a little bit of foul foul about him. Yeah, a little bit um short on squat, good change of direction. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the actual game. Yes. The um, oh, crikey, sorry, I just got something on my phone. Then, um, what, what struck me the biggest difference between these two teams, right? Wales simply didn't do any basics correctly outside of set piece, they did nothing. How many passes did you see come off Stephen Jones, which were flat to people standing flat? Yeah, yeah, I or, mean, it was horrendous, or behind just behind the man, so yeah, the, someone's moving forward and you've got to stop and check. And by stopping and checking, you gave a pretty aggressive Fiji defence a nice big statement. So, I mean, like, you wouldn't teach a level seven team to play like that. <laughs> I mean, it, they, it was I, naive. Honestly. It was so naive. And given the context, I know they weren't all Welsh captains at that point, but given the amount of talent that was oh. on the field and, and the, the leadership that was already inherent in some of those guys, the, the, it was brain dead. The way what Wales played, it, it might have been criminally negligent. <laughs> yeah, not, like the, the fact that they were they were so dominant in the scrum, and the set piece would they were absolutely hammering them. When it was tough, you'd think, all right, well we'll just we'll we'll put them through the grinder on that a little bit. No, no, we'll just yeah, we'll, we'll just tap and go everything and just play Fiji rugby. That'll yeah, work. Yeah, it was arrogance that I, I thought rather than naivety. And it, I, arrogance might be right because. They went into this game knowing that they've got to win, knowing yeah. that if they lose, they're out. It's not. This is a sudden death. 
this this is it because Fiji were in place to qualify, Wales were in place to qualify. It's winner takes all. Yeah, um, crazy. The two other bits early on that happened, I thought, my God, you know, the warning signs are all there. Well, obviously, the warning signs are there when you're twenty something points down. Um, twenty five ten down. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a warning sign, would you say? Generally <laughs> speaking. But what, at one point, Stephen Jones kicks away. I can't wait up an eight on two. He kicks it away. Eight on two. Uh, and the other one is for that first try. I mean, you know, you want to see the difference between a Warren Gatland, Sean, Sean, Ed, Sean Edwards team against something which is just lay safe, do what you want, boys, rely on your talent. It was that first try by Fiji when they just bullied the Welsh defence. Yeah, and the, Fiji did that a few times as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, uh, Fiji played very well. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of this was basically Welsh arrogance and, and being ill-prepared. Uh, yeah. And you throw into that some terrible decisions in-game, like the build-up for the first Wales try. Yeah. They wasted they wasted eight minutes with um, Akapusiquera in the bin. Instead of um, kicking the sticks and taking the points and moving on and getting another opportunity to score. How that's wrong? Didn't they get almost all of their tries, or certainly their early tries, with a guy in the bin? Yes, yeah, yeah. The, so they, they scored, I'm sure, it was, just, was it just before half-time or just after half-time, the, the, the two of the three tries were with Quera in the bin. Yeah. yeah, and they weren't even good tries. They just kind of, with, you know, it was weight of numbers. Yes. Well, the other thing, in terms of a basic that went wrong, you, you mentioned already Stephen Jones doing some weird passing, making some weird decisions. At, at knockout level rugby, and despite being a pool match, this was effectively, as you say, Phil, a knockout game. It's basically yeah. like a round of 16 game. Stephen Jones' goal kicking. Wales scored five tries to Fiji's four. And Stephen Jones just had an absolute shocker. And I, I seem to remember, didn't he yeah. do the same in the World Cup semi-final against well, France? It wasn't just Stephen Jones. And again, this is lack of preparedness I guess yeah this is weird yeah Stephen Jones and James Hook they were switching back and forth well, they back switched. and forth yeah you can understand a switch if someone's not playing well but to switch and then go back to the guy who was missing that you so much that you switched and then yeah. he misses again yeah weird and Stephen Jones I think he took two shots of which certainly he missed the second one just hit the post from a, a, a tough angle and then they switched so it was I don't know yeah, that 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 call that's got to be player led, hasn't it? That's two guys saying, "Yeah, give me, give me a go, give me a go." That isn't the work of a, of a coach with his hand on the tiller. Yeah, but someone someone as experienced as Stephen Jones in at that point should have just said, "No, like, yeah, it, go it, away, just, leave me alone." It it doesn't make sense at all. No, uh, <laughs> but to, but just to throw it forward four years, am I right in saying that Stephen Jones's goal kicking? Played a big part in Wales not winning that semi-final, albeit there was a red card. I understand, but nevertheless, he well, missed. Yeah, Lee Hoffpenny. He missed a bunch of Lee kicks. Kicking. Ooh, really? Like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure Lee Hoffpenny missed a long-range one. Let me have a look. Um, yeah, you might be right. The, the semi-final, uh, it was Hook kicking. So was Hook, it? Hook got one out of three kicks in the semi-final against. Oh, France. there you go. Uh, one out of three penalties. And so, yeah, one out of three penalties and missed the conversion. So, goal so, kicking in in that era for Wales, well, cost them a World Cup final, arguably. I know there were other things, Sam Warburton, Red, etc. When I think back on it, I never think of those guys as bad kickers. It's pressure, isn't it? Pressure. Pressure. That's why the guys that can do it when it really matters 
and when it is the difference between going home and and staying on for another week it's and then just um just quick quiz question on that one who is the best under pressure kicker of all time certainly in the modern era chris patterson incorrect because it's he just got bigger damn bigger yeah chris patterson's never been in a high um, in a high pressure knockout game no i was gonna say he just he just got who did he get to do all the long range kicks and then he did the ones in front of the posts dan parks dan parks that's it <laughs> Uh, Gareth Steenson's worth a note as well. Yes, Gareth Steenson's a, yeah, a guy, a guy for the big time. Yeah, and, and Nicky Little. Nicky Little, yes. I love the. Um, I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but I love the air of resignation. Oh, poor little little, little, little Nicky Little played so well. He's going to go home. Incorrect. Absolutely incorrect. Well, after, after his interception, he did then go home because he bust his knee. Oh, yeah. Final play of the game when Fiji should have kicked it out uh, two rooks before that. Yeah, and here's something which is, um, I mean, it's only you know, say it's only relatively recent. It's not as it's like 13 years ago now. Um, but although the game looked the same, there are some there are some incidents in it which just make you cringe by modern standards, and it just shows how soft I'm getting. Not how soft, how soft the game's getting, how soft I'm getting. I reckon there must have been at least five yellow cards in, cards in this. Some incredibly, I mean, maybe some red cards actually. Some incredibly um, illegal clearing out too. Yeah, and and I mentioned it um, before in our previous podcast, but some incredibly cynical play. There was one. It was just before the last Fiji try, I think, uh, when were it not a Fiji try. Uh, Martin Williams. Martin Williams. Got. Oh my word! Yeah, unbelievable. He makes the tackle. He makes an incredible tackle, actually, uh, two yards from his own try line, and then just lies on top of the ball. Oh yeah, and no attempt. Like not even a. I'm going to lie here for two seconds, and then I'm going to move. It was just I'm going to lie here for as long as it takes, and I'm going to stop this coming out. I mean, you look at this game. Say you're a world class coach. Do you look at this game? Do you look at it and go? Yeah, I want nothing to do with these um, these boys. They're absolute cowboys. Or do you say, yeah, the raw talent is there, and I want this job? Oh, there's some raw. Like, look at the Shane Williams try. Yeah, that, I some, mean, that try was something else. They must have paid Warren Gatland a lot of money. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, no, but I think from what we've already identified, you can look at it and go. I mean, yes, Fiji played incredibly well, and that is one of their great moments in in rugby world cups, but. Wales just, it was brain dead. It was arrogant, you said, the word. Like, and, and that can be solved like that. Kick uh, yeah. w- by saying, kick for sticks, when it, grind out and, and take advantage of a set piece which is dominant and play a good territorial game and Wales wipe the floor with Fiji. Well, okay. But one of the things which stood out for me on this game, Phil, if you can check the stats, I'd, um, I'd like this confirmed. But Fiji kick a damn sight more than Wales. I mean, Fiji play the much smarter rugby. So when you think back about it, you think, oh, offloading Fiji this, Fiji that. No, no, no. Fiji played in the right parts of the field. I, I noticed that. Because they, yeah, they, they their two halfbacks were very experienced. Yeah. Uh, Raul Looney, who was at Saracens. Moses Raul Looney was awesome in this game. Yeah. He, he played for Saracens for... He for, played for Newport first. Uh, oh, that, that rings a bell. Or was it Raul, Raul Looney? No, Raul Looney the lock. The lock called Raul Uni. So, yeah, so there's also, a, so he was a Tongan fella, the scum off in Newport. He was bloody brilliant. I can't remember, can't remember his name. 
Well, Newport were Newport with Shane Howarth back in the day. Good old days. And Andy Marinos. <laughs> Good times. But um, no, I think mm. you could look at this Welsh team and go, I can, I can solve that. But we, we shouldn't take it yeah. away from Fiji. They, like, like you say, they played the smarter game, but when they needed to have some moments, like that, that uh, the, the Dallas Al, the, the try, the little nudge through and take, awesome. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was class. And they had some other super moments like right across, but they, were, they did play smart rugby. They played in the right parts of the field. They got into the right parts of the field and then they did the right things. Uh, and Wales simply didn't. Do you remember where you watched it, JB? Colin Bay Rugby Club with my dear friend Bryn Williams, and uh, we thought we were, we we were in the clear, uh, as many Welsh fans did. We, we felt that we were in the clear, and uh, Colin Bay's got quite a lot of English people. And at the time, I was a little bit more attached to my Welsh identity than I am than I am now. <laughs> and um, a guy called Will Blackwell, who was basically the most jumped-up private school kid. I mean, like, he was he was the typical boarding school, English boarding school in a Welsh club. It, 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 he happened to be our captain ne- um, next year, too, but he played that stereotype so well. Um, as soon as the whistle went, I can't remember what he said, but he said, like, yeah, do one, dickheads, way! Ran off, got into his car, which was a mini, which his dad bought him, obviously, uh, and tried to escape the club. But we all, but we all chased him. So there's about five or six of us chasing this lad, um, uh, uh, Will Blackwell. He got into his car. Five, um, you know, five of us decided to go for the car. Uh, but one guy had the foresight. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's to go through the car park gates, and, um, and then we locked him in. And the way we got him out of his car is we threatened him that if he didn't get out of his car we'd, we'd fill up his fuel tank with water <laughs> and of course he like not being the brightest he didn't he didn't realize the only way we get into his fuel tank is if he let us into it from inside the car but yeah we got him out and what and, did you do and then that was like a lynching yeah it was no we just made him drink, uh, no we just made him drink, drink some beer <laughs> <laughs> okay good that, that sounded slightly darker for a minute no <laughs> we got him we got him but I just wondering what your nerves were like watching this because I can remember I was. Um... It was devastating, mate. It was genuinely yeah. devastating. You must have been sh- nerves must have been gone. We were convinced, right? We were convinced as young lads uh, who watched this team 
win win a Six Nations not so long ago and and beat England. That these were really good players. So to go out like this was absolutely heart wrenching. And and the way that it happened as well. So obviously Fiji go twenty five points to three up. Wales scored shortly before half time, and then just after half time, when Akapusiquera is in in the bin, they score. Well, they score three tries. I think two of which were while Quera's off the field. And they go into the lead, and you think, right, that's it. Normality is resumed. Wales are going to win this. And then through Wales' own stupidity and giving away stupid penalties and Nicky Little's very good kicking, Fiji take the remarkably take the lead again. Yeah. Only for the Martin Williams yeah. 65-yard intercept and him gas all the way in. And you think, right, again, normality is resumed. That's it. That's what I kept thinking as I was watching it. It was 65 minutes. Mike Phillips made the most brain-dead penalty. When Wales were on Fiji's line, he decided to just... This is why backs don't get involved in rucks and malls and stuff. Just stay out. Because he just came straight in from the side, totally illegally, and let Fiji off the hook. But then Seremiah Bai scored the try on 70 minutes. But like you say, then Wales used another get-out-of-jail-free card with Martin Williams, who, by the way, I've got to pick him up on his... Did you notice his, his celebration after the try? I'm no. demonstrating this to you, but I'll have to say it for the purpose of a podcast. He did one of those finger snaps, oh, like the, Ali, the, Ali G, the Ali G finger snap. Oh, no. Oh, oh God, that's so cringeworthy. Is there any one person that I know that still does that? Go Who's on. that? Uh, Sam Diamond at Sale. <laughs> <laughs> the only person that I know that still, that still does it. Why doesn't that surprise me? Um, <laughs> but then like you say uh, uh, right. 76 minutes and Martin Williams kills the ball but Fiji still managed to get it out and um, somehow get that try yeah R- remarkable finish and then even even after that the clock goes dead and Fiji don't kick the ball straight out and they take it two more phases I know I think it was Martin Williams again. Someone turns the ball over and Wales have a final, final chance. And they mess it up again. Yes. Unsurprisingly, they mess it up. Yeah. They're such a garbage team. They were so garbage as ah. a unit. <laughs> Did they um, really were bad. Are there, are there... Well, I was watching this and thinking, is this a bit of a Pivac Wales? And I don't mean that in a the, the naive or arrogant sense. I just mean in a... This, is, this was a Welsh team that clearly have decided we're going to just play rugby. We're going to go for it from anywhere all the time if it's on. And there's an element that, that Wayne Pivak is trying to bring that kind of freedom to this current Welsh team. I think Pivak plays with a sense of freedom, but within some very, very defined structures. Whereas this was just complete garbage. Yeah. These are utter cowboys. I, I agree with that. The, the Pivak is assessing what's on so if it's turnover ball if it's a bad kick um, two hands and then go so move move the ball away from the point where it is received and then you can attack the space this was just uh, there's no way there can't have been any strategy for them to play like that no I completely completely agree my favourite comment on this game was that um, favourite comment on this game was Fiji won the second they got a, got a man in the sin bin because it meant Wales had to play against two Fijian sevens teams at the same time. 
good, good, good. Um, anything else? Any, any other good moments to mention, or should we jump into a little quiz? For t- this is a quiz for the 2007 World Cup. Well, just one thing, just following on from something we've touched on with the other games we've looked at so far is what does this tell you about where rugby was at and how how far it is from the game we see today i mean clearly there were lots of late and high shots and some turn and some breakdown work which is just outrageous <laughs> by today's standards um i i think it's hard to properly judge because this was i don't think that these teams were playing in the style of the day I think these yeah. were two teams playing in just their historic way of, of playing rugby without much strategy, as we said before. So I think it is, other than those um, like refereeing points rather than anything else, it's hard to judge. Um, but it was bloody exciting. It, it was remarkable to watch, an incredible spectacle. It really was. And I, th- I think as the World Cup, they got, they got panned by South Africa in the quarterfinals, didn't they? Yeah. Do you know what? I think it's probably the best thing that happened to Welsh rugby, looking back at it. At the time, it was very painful. But if that's, this doesn't happen, they get some knockouts, and you can probably make a cohesive argument that it wasn't that bad. You know, this is a pretty good team. We're going in the right direction. Let's just stick with the current management. What they actually did is exactly the right thing, which is cleared house and got the best coach who's ever lived <laughs> to coach Wales. Uh, so, you know, it, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, it's not always bad to lose, particularly if um, the light at the end, end of the tunnel is indeed Warren Gatland. Yeah, it's a good point that one. It's a very good point. Well, come well. on then, quiz. Uh, come on then, quiz. Come on then, Phil. Give us a quiz. quiz. Yeah. My quiz yes, a, a, another quiz during lockdown. Can't wait. <laughs> you love a quiz, Jimmy. I love a quiz during lockdown. Now, this is not emojis, and it's not. Uh, film soundtracks or anything like that this is a real rugby quiz in 2007 so uh we've got 10 questions have you got pen and paper ready or, yeah. or oh, yeah, I'll just type okay hopefully some of these will be fairly fast okay number one who was the competition's top point scorer Crikey. okay let me get a blank bit of paper hold on Okay, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Question two. Um, Ngwenya. Yep, remember him. Scored one of the best ever World Cup tries after rounding Brian Habana against South Africa. But which team did he spend most of his professional career playing for? Which club Come team? It. Come off it. Stop it now. Okay, done. Question number three. The World Cup final was played at the Stade de France, but where was the bronze final played? The third place playoff. Next. Next. Question four. Which South African prop also won the World Cup in 1995? He was part of both squads. Yeah, easy, easy, Done easy. It. Got it. You just question the player, Phil. It's too easy with prop. Question five. Um, Argentina's squad had two pairs of brothers, but which pair were the only names on the score sheet in Argentina's semi-final loss to South Africa? 
Okay. Question six. Okay. Which coach who also coached Italy during his career was in charge of Japan during the 2007 World Cup? Ask that again. Which coach who also coached Italy during his career yeah, okay, got that. was in Next. charge of Japan? Got it, got it, got it, nailed it. Question seven. One Australian played in 2007 World Cup and also in the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Who was it? 2019. So 2007 and 2019. Okay. I would guess. Sorry, one just been? Yes. That is 2019. It is? I can't confirm. Wait there. Wait there. I'm not ready to move on yet. Why? It's not. What are you? What are you looking up? Yeah, stop looking stuff up. <laughs> no, no, stop looking stuff no, up. Come on, I want to move on. Hands free. <laughs> All right. Come on. Okay. I don't believe it. Let me see the screen yeah. of your phone. What's What's going on on there? I'm quite happy with that. Things as they are. Siri, Siri. Come Phil next. Question eight. Only one team failed to score a single pool stage point. Who was it? Hmm. Question nine. Who was the top scoring Scotsman in the tournament? Okay. Ooh. Okay. And question ten for four points available. England had four props in their squad. Who were they? England had four props. Oh, awesome. I remember one that I don't think JV will get. Yeah. Nope. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is tough. Got two, and then... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's... I think I think two two are easy. One you should get. One is quite difficult. I think I've got. I think I've got the difficult one, but I can't. I can't. I've got. I think I've got the most difficult one, but there's one that's in between that I can't remember. Yeah, I can't think the one of. in between. The most difficult one is unusual. So he he's really difficult. But if you know him, I know that because it's unusual. Yeah, exactly. I can't think of the other one. Right. Oh. No. Okay. No, Stop no, looking at your ready. phone, JB. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna... <laughs> okay. Question number one. Yeah. Competition's top point scorer was. I've, I've, got, it written... I've got it written down. Percy Montgomery. Oh, yeah. oh Tim. Both, both correct. One point each. Yes. Um, Gwenya, who did he play for? I uh, put. Beeritz. I put Beeritz. Oh. Beeritz, yeah, is correct from... So he only signed for Beeritz after the World Cup. Oh, was that him? He was apparently linked with uh, Eddie Jones's Saracens. Was he really? After the World Cup. Yeah, but signed for Beeritz instead on more money. Um, question number three. World Cup final was played at the Stade de France. Where was the bronze final played? I had a total no, guess and said the Velodrome in Marseille. Jay? 
Marseille. Marseille too. Uh, neither of them are correct. It was also in Paris. It was the Parc des Princes. Uh, oh, oh, wow. They kept that. I thought they were on the same land for some reason. Uh, no. But no, clearly not. So, move on. Um, question four. Beast. Yeah. Who? The Beast. No. No, he... No, no, no. no. Uh, Oz, Oz Durant. What was the question? Um, who won in 1990? Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Hold a minute. Woo! Oh, because South Africa, oh, South Africa did win it. South Africa won in 95 and 2007. And what was the exact wording of the question? Uh, which South African prop was also part of their World Cup winning squad in 1995? Oh, kill me. Kill me. I don't know Durant. I can't believe that. <laughs> Listen properly. <laughs> oh, oh, I've lost it. Um, question five: Which Argentine brothers scored their only points in the semi-final loss? I mean, the, the two lots of brothers were the Contopomis and the uh, Fernandez Lobby, and I guess the Contopomis. I've guessed the Lobby. So there's no way you'd give me con- you'd say Contopomis. Contopomis is correct. No, yes! it's too obvious. <laughs> Oh, I'm a nightmare now. So Tim takes the lead 4-2 as we go. Uh, who coached Japan during this World Cup? John Kerwin. John, John Kerwin. Got it written down. Correct. So John Kerwin. Uh, um, the Australian who played in 2007 and also in 2019, JB. I put Matt Gitto, but it's not true. It's not him. Not correct. Tim? AAC. Is correct. Oh no! <laughs> Come Adam on! Washington. No, this is one of the thirty-five. Brought back into the the Wallabies squad. Oh uh, god, damn it! Question eight: Which team failed to score a single point? Namibia, Russia. I don't know. I guess I I I knew this was the, Portugal were in Portugal. this World Cup, so Portugal. Portugal I said. Damn it! JB, who did you say? Namibia. Uh, Portugal is incorrect. Namibia is correct. Yes. So it takes us to four six with five points still available. Ooh. Top scoring Scotsman in the tournament. I I I just guessed Chris Patterson. I don't even know if he's in the squad. Jay. Dan Parks. Uh, Dan Parks is incorrect. Chris Patterson is correct. I thought I'd be too easy. Which takes so. So Tim just needs one of these to guarantee a victory. Um, Jay, do you want to give me your first one? Oh, so yes. Okay, I'm going to give you Vickery. Tim? I'll reveal if I've got any in a minute because it would give her the suspense <laughs> of winning away or not. Okay, Vickery. I've got them written down though. Yeah. Vickery. Then I've got Jake. Sheridan. Sheridan is correct. Then I've gone Payne. Is Tim Payne. Wasp's prop is incorrect. And then Woodman. Is also and incorrect. Horrible, horrible. I have, That's horrible. I have Phil Vickery. I have Andrew Sheridan. I only have three. And the other one I have, Perry Freshwater. Oh! Oh, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> I don't know who the fourth one is, though. 
The fourth one is he's probably pretty young at this point. Turner. No, Matt Stevens. Oh, come on. Oh, wow. Come on, Fitz. And only four pops because they could play, uh, well, at least some of them can play both sides. I don't want to go on all this point over and over again. Yes, I will. Which is Matt Stevens got a lot more rugby and a lot more money than maybe he deserved. No, no, he got exactly what, what, what he deserved because he could play both sides of, of the scrum. He went on Lions tours. He went to World Cups. He went to Saracens. He did an awful lot because he can play on both sides. So could Phil if Vickery, couldn't he, as well? No, not that I know of. Did Phil Vickery not? I know Jason Leonard has. Well, so oh, Leonard. Before, yeah. Before yeah, Leonard's done. 20... 11 or 12 or whatever it was. Gethin Jenkins can. Well, G- Gethin Jenkins, yeah, he, and he did in this game. Yeah. He went to he went to tight head late on in the game. So all the professional props listening, and I know you're out there, Jamal Ford Robinson, um, learn to play both sides of the scrum. Or become very good at social media and computer games online. I'm and... a friend of Chief Exec. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Both both. Both strategies equally as valid. Yeah. Do both. Do both. Do, yeah, exactly. The compound you, effect. Yeah, you're in isolation. Learn to play in the other side, side of the scrum. Come out of isolation with a new talent. Yes. So <laughs> just, just supplementary to your quiz, Phil, there, are two, there were two players in the 2007 England squad who are still playing professional rugby today. Or they would be if, if we weren't all in lockdown. Yeah. So what is flood, right? Correct. Toby Flood yeah. is one. Good. The other is a back three player. Oh, um, I know who this is. Yeah, go on. I, I, I do know it because I, um, I was obviously looking at this and I saw his name pop up. Mike Brown? No. No, I was, I was really surprised to see him in the English squad. I didn't think he'd gone to a World Cup. Oh, I, sorry. Yeah, in a World Cup squad. So no. Well, I, I think he was only called up as cover. I don't think he was in the original squad. Is it Ollie Barkley? He 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 played, but he was in the squad. He's still playing now. Oh, I think so. I don't think he's playing professionally. Him. If he's playing, it'll be more social. But uh, it was uh, Benders. Benders. Wow. Yeah. No, Ollie Ollie Barkley isn't. I don't believe now. But there is um there is one man who can be a, a future quiz question in that he was involved in a, a, a two South African winning World Cups in 2007 and in 2019. Say again? Oh, yeah, I know who this is. Say again? There, there is a South African who was involved in this 2007 World Cup, the one with, that we're talking about. And, and yeah. also, just like Oz Durant, 95 and 2007, there is one South African who was a winner in 2007 and 2019. Beast? No, too early for Beast. It's uh, Francois Stein. Yeah. Oh, how are you sure of that? <clears throat> Stein and Beast did it. No, Beast. Two more cups. Beast definitely came to the, the fore in um, 2009. How? Stein's got two World Cups, yeah. Yeah. Beast has got two World Cups. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, this is a hill I'm going to die on. Well. <laughs> People normally say. How do I spell his name? 
<laughs> Tendai. I'm sure it'll be autocomplete. Tendai. T E N D A I. And then M and then space M T and you'll the rest of it will come up. Um <laughs> Tower Oh goodness me. Well, I'm I'm reading Francois Stein's Wikipedia page where it says he was a key member of the South African team that won the 07 World Cup and part of the team that won the 2019 World Cup where he became only the second South African player to have won two Rugby World Cups with Oz Durant being the first. No, lies. Um, lies. <laughs> His first test was in 2008. His debut was 2008. That's it. I'm not having any of this. Wrap this up, Tim. Nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> Not be spoken to uh, in that way again. <laughs> what, what do you occasionally say, JB? You can deny reality, but you can't deny the consequences of denying reality. I'm sure he's had two World Cups. This is nonsense. wrong here. The glitch in the Matrix. Very good. Now, bearing in mind, last week we went around the houses before we settled on a game. We need to pick a game that we know people can watch. Good point. <sighs> yeah, I forgot this. Can we just announce it on Twitter? Although we did get a telling off, didn't we? Yeah, because not a lot of people are game. on Twitter. Not a lot of people are. Sensible. Yeah, very sensible. Twitter's a horrible place. And it, it's a minority <laughs> of the world are on Twitter. What, I mean, because we, if, if we went international, we've got a, a steady stream of games from World Rugby. But if you wanted to go club, we need to establish... I really want to go club. I really want to go club. Okay. Let's have a look. So there was, when I was looking for the 20... I can't remember which one it was. 2013 World Cup... Uh, not World Cup... Um, Premiership final. There was another one. There was a different one that was um, on there. Let me have a look. There's 2001 Heineken Cup final, Leicester v Stade Francais. Oh, yeah. Someone someone said that on. Ooh, I'd, I'd, I be that up, game. I'd be up for that. Definitely. There is, there's also 2008 uh, Heineken Cup final, Munster v Toulouse. Not so much. I, I think Leicester versus. Uh, Stade would be good. Yeah, so vivid in, uh, in my memory still. And Stade Francais had such a bright kit, didn't they? Because they had uh, the blue yeah. shirt, the red shorts and the white socks. You know what? That is the future. I know they, they went all pink and whatnot, but the the electric blue shirts and then the, the, the red flashes to me, I'd love to see him go back to that. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. So, yeah, okay, so we are watching, and we'll post a link to it up, but I'm looking now, and there is a, there is a YouTube video that is one hour, 35 minutes in length. Beautiful. Heineken Cup final, 2001, yes. Leicester v Stade Francais. Did uh, the Galtier play for Stade Francais? Have I made that up? Uh, he wasn't playing in this game. Who was the scrum half? God, the scrum half was a Canadian. Oh, Winston, um, no. Winston Stanley. No, no, I said he played for Leicester. It was the guy with the double barrel name. Uh, no. Was, uh, Morgan Williams. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. I remember him. And then Domingo at Flyhoff. Let's have a look. Yeah, Diego Dominguez. Dominguez, sorry. But, yeah, no, um, let's not give any spoilers away. Do, yes. do, Dominici play? Dominici played 15. 
Yeah. Ooh, I'm very, very excited to watch this game. I love, I love that team. It's a great and, era. Uh, it's a great era. Patrick Tobacco. Patrick, yeah, Patrick Tobacco was ace. He's on the bench. Uh, what's it? Uh, Peter De Villiers a prop? Yeah, Peter De Villiers was playing tight head. I think he was the second one. I can give. I'll, I'll give you the line. I've got the lineups here. Yeah, go on. Give, give me the. Give me stud lineup. Stud lineup is uh, from one to fifteen. Sylvain Sylvain Marc Marcelet, Fabrice Landreau, Peter De Villiers, David Aradou, Mike yep. James. Don't know. Christophe Moni, Richard Paul Jones. Oh yeah. And Christophe Jouier. And then the back line was Morgan Williams, Diego Dominguez, Arthur Gomez, Cliff Mitten, Frank Comber, Thomas Lombard, and Christophe Dominici. With the, I got Thomas Lombard. Yeah, with Leicester Tigers being Graham Roundtree, Dorian West, Darren Garforth, the classic ABC club. Yeah, you can make, they, they, this team all names itself. Yeah, Martin Johnson and Benke. Kronfeld? Back uh, Moody? Martin Corey, Neil Back, Will Johnson. Okay, so... I don't I can't remember who the nine was, but the ten was Austin Healy. Uh, yeah, nine nine Austin Healy, ten Andy Good. Eleven Winston Stanley. Oh no, 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 hang on, hang on. Um, Austin Healy finishes the game at t- at ten. So Leon Lloyd must have played thirteen. Pat, Pat yes, Howard is twelve. Austin. Leon Lloyd thirteen. Yeah, Jordan Murphy fourteen, and Tim Stimson fifteen. Stimson. Yeah, and Steve Booth on the wing. The other way? Uh, Winston no. Stanley. No, Jordan Murphy. Jordan. Jordan Murphy, Tim Stimson, and who's the other one? Winston Stanley. Oh, right. Sorry, yeah. And then, um, uh, again, just following on from the discussion we had in previous weeks about the replacement numbers, it's very strange again. Richard Cockrell yeah. is number 18. Perry Freshwater, 19 for Leicester. The front, two front row replacements. 16 is Glenn Gelderbloom. And 17 is someone that's listed on this as Jamie Hamilton. James Hamilton was a Jamie when he first started. Jim. Jim Hamilton was a Jamie. No, no, this this is a different bloke. Is it a different bloke? So, because he comes on, so he's a scrum half. So, he comes on for uh, Andy Goode and Austin Healy goes to 10 after after 72 minutes. Because say you, you couldn't be a, a you know a, a six foot eight lock called Jamie that doesn't work. No, no. well Jamie Cudmore. Cudders. Oh yeah, that works pretty well. Except for Cud- except for Cudders, he can pull it off. Cudders. Paul Gustard was on the bench as well. Yeah, and and Lewis Moody. Very good. Very. I'm looking forward to this one. Yes. So there you go. You'll find it on YouTube. I've just looked, and the picture is slightly grainy, but it's good enough. What well, we on YouTube? It is on YouTube. No, no, no. The the, the video of um. Oh right, sorry. Yeah, Stad Stad versus Leicester is quite grainy. Wonderful. It's good enough. We'll get stuck into the two thousand and one Heineken Cup final. Superb. Love Superb. it. Right, hit subscribe in that podcast feed. We'll keep these podcasts coming all the time, whether or not there's a lockdown and a global health emergency. We've brought you podcast 52 weeks of the year nothing's going to change right now thank you very much for listening we're at rugby podcast on twitter we're wherever you are on your podcast go find it hit subscribe tell your mates find jb on twitter although you're not really on it very much jb i am i'm back i'm back with a vengeance good at jb more
I'm at Cocker, barely on it now. Phil will let you know if he wants to find you. And uh, right, till the next one, gents. Let the boys play. Bye-bye.